What's up, everybody? Welcome back to our fourth episode of our podcast. Today is a really exciting one. We have a lot of information to cover about the, about the NBA, NFL, and MLB. This is going to be an interesting podcast, so get ready, and here we go. Okay, so first, with the MLB, uh, big signings for the Yankees signing. Yeah. DJ LeMahieu in extension. I feel like every New York Yankees fan took a little deep Love breath that. when they heard that. And yeah. also surprising signing to me was Corey Kluber. Corey Kluber, yeah. Yeah. He, if they if the Yankees can get him on his prime, uh, with a contract year coming up, he wants to stay in New York, he said in a press conference. So let's hope he pitches well for all Yankees fans out there. What do you think this impacts the Yankees and their chance? I think this the impacts the Yankees a lot. In many different aspects, I think mm-hmm. I think it gets a lot of pitchers to be like come together and just ball like ball out, ball out, just play amazing. I think they're gonna pitch great. Yeah. Also, they signed Chad yeah. Green and a lot of uh, a lot of other not max extensions, but just terms of service as yeah. And they got a George got a big payday as he was only making the minimum about. 300k a year and now his payday has gone up to 4 million and when you know he's a free agent he's going to be making 15 20 million if he keeps up his play. Yeah, and yeah especially and they, with the- I think I personally I think they got DJ LeMahieu for a steal. I think it's like 6 years 90 million or something. That is a steal. Like absolutely amazing song. Yeah, DJ LeMahieu is a machine hitter. All he does is hit and play defense. He is a true, true baseball player. I think he's very good for the Yankees. But also, I love the signing as a New York Yankees fan of Corey Kluber to strengthen that rotation. Yeah, yeah. that's what I agree to. They have Garrett Cole, Yankees, Corey Kluber. Yankees in recent years really haven't been like known for a great pitching rotation. They've had Cole, who's good, and they've like had veterans right. like Sabathia, who retired, and Tanaka. Yeah. And yeah. it looks like Tanaka is going to be going back to the Japanese league. So oh, really? Definitely a very good signing. And also, um, on our last podcast, it was quite a bit ago. We, uh, we kind of missed a couple, maybe a week. But um, right after a podcast, when we were talking about the Padres signing Blake Snell, they signed, um, they signed you Darvish, which is going to be a dynamic duo at the pitching. Yeah, and that's that's a great signing for the Padres, because mm-hmm. once once just when he thought it really couldn't get better for the Padres, it, it got much better. And yeah, especially with the sign, this the tra- uh, this Blake Snell, and now you Darvish. I mean, they they are going to be a legit contender along with, uh, I think two great signings. Where yeah, I'm talking about, talking about yeah, and Kluber. just one last statement about the uh, MLB, and we're going to move on to the NFL. I think that this is a very, very risky move for the Padres because let's face yeah. it: after you Darvish's contract and Blake Snell's contract is up, I don't believe they're going to re-sign with San Diego. I believe they're going to take their talents elsewhere. And the San Diego Padres gave up a lot of their farm system and top prospects for this kind of three, four-year window to win a championship, and then they're going to go into well, rebuilding mode. I, I kind of dis- Dodgers in the NL and in your division. Would you want to take that risk? Would you want to take that risk? Because yes, I. I mean, yes, I would because they I have great young players in Tatis, Cronenworth. 
you know, they, they've got a lot of it out of and those two guys. And also, I agree 100%, yes, you do this. Because three, mm, four years sure. is a lot of time for a team with a, that much potential like this, Padres. I just think that the three to four years, if they keep up the chemistry and playing well, that can turn into five, six, seven, eight years of just pure, uh-huh. pure domination. The Dod- Dodgers could fall apart. They easily could. So for the Padres, what I'm saying is, if the Padres keep it up, and the, Do- and the Dodgers and the Dodgers don't, they even could. The Padres just need to play their game, even if they face them in the um, AL, er, not AL, sorry, NLCS. They play them in the NLCS. They have Dodgers a chance. Have to win. a great shot at winning. It's not like the Dodgers are going to blow them out. Yeah. It and another thing with this U Darvish trade. One thing with this U Darvish trade is U Darvish kind of had a breakout year last year. Before that, he was just kind of like not as good. Like yeah, he just and he is pitcher. not and, a postseason pitcher. Yeah, and that's kind of a risk because what if he? What if he's a one in, like a one year and done? Yeah, and like, also he could be a one year superstar. A lot of the Padres years had career years. New fam, Jake Cronenworth, Tatis, people who mm-hmm. broke out. In, in, 20, in the 2020 season. So it'll be interesting to see how this project team comes together and how they mm-hmm. rank. Yeah. So, right. We're going to wrap it up and move on to the NFL section, but we're also first going to talk about the um, college national championship game. Um, wow. That was Devonta Smith. <laughs> it's crazy. That was just. Do Devonta you think Devonta Smith's draft, draft grade will go up and do you think he'll be selected before Jamar Chase? I think yeah. he will. I think yeah. he will go. I think he will be a Miami Dolphin. Yes. Yeah, oh, wow. So I think that if he does, if the Miami Dolphins don't go, I can just, like, the best case scenario is, like, the best case scenario for teams that need a receiver desperately, like me as a Giants fan, is the best case scenario for us. Mm-hmm. If the Jets go QB, Dolphins draft Sewell. So and then Falcons go QB. If the Bengals go, if the Bengals go offensive tackle, and Rashawn Slater, Christian Darrisaw, all these good prospects, they are good. And the Bengals desperately mm-hmm. need a tackle. But are are they top five worthy, or could you sign someone from free agency? But what I'm saying is that I think they, if I think the Bengals are too desperate in a uh, offensive tackle. Dominant draft class like this, I think that if the Bengals go offensive tackle, Eagles go Parsons. Let's just say, okay, so great, uh, uh, Lions, Lions, congrats, you draft Jamar Chase or Devonta Smith. That leaves Jamar Chase and Jalen mm-hmm. Water for a team like the Giants. The Giants, if they draft Jamar Chase yeah. at eleven, just think about that. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, well, also I am thinking. And a lot of NFL analysts are going around and saying that if Patrick Sertain is off the board or if he's on it, the Cowboys will trade back with the 49ers with the 13th pick up, mm-hmm. and the 49ers will take the Giants wide receiver prospect Oh, for a little punch in the face there. Uh, do you think that's a good move if they can still get Sertain? I think that's a great move. I think it's a great move for Dallas. Dallas don't have a great receiver. And I think that Dallas right. desperately needs a cornerback like a stud like Sertain. 
you really can't. At Jerry Jones isn't the type of guy to trade down to prospect like that. Jerry Jones is the type of guy if he's confident in a guy like Jerry him, Jones is also the same person who got Ceedee Lamb in mm-hmm. on the 18th pick. So yeah, that's a steal. That is a big deal. All right, uh, wrapping up the college football section, we're going on to the NFL. First things first. Uh, well. We're first going to talk about uh, Deshaun Watson and how he wants out. He said he will go anywhere, and he just wants to be out of Houston. He does not want anything with that organization. And I, I, I totally agree. Houston's just going to ra- waste his career. They already wasted a year. Yeah, like for a team like Houston, like they, that's just like a, such a poorly poor franchise. Not like pouring money, but just like a, such a poor like. Just like a terrible yeah, like, franchise. They ruin people's careers. They're just never they're not a winning franchise. I think Deshaun Watson and his talents are good. Well, why are we trashing the Houston Texans? I mean, they're a new franchise. Bill O'Brien came in and made a very bad I know, trade I'm, in Deshaun Watson. But I and, and um in DeAndre Hopkins that negatively impact Deshaun Watson. But what I believe is driving Deshaun Watson out is the new GM coming in. And thinking that he could run it his way and hiring a new head coach without Watson's approval or noticing, uh-huh. uh, as he said, well, when just... as he said, uh, quote in an interview, my anger level from one to ten when D Hop was traded was a two. When they signed the new head coach, it was now a ten, and I want out. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think which, what uh, that in which top two teams heavily... do you think? Deshaun Watson. I think Dolphins. I, he said in an interview he would lo- he would be down and go to a Dolph- the Dolphins. And if he goes to the Dolphins, they get Devontae Smith. That would be scary. That's all I'm going to say. That, that is true. And Dylan, before you say yours, I'm going with number two, Chicago Bears, a team that passed up on Deshaun Watson. I think that uh, the chance like this to get your franchise quarterback, especially a guy that for a couple seasons now you ha- desperately regretted passing up on, I think that the Chicago Bears are a great option for him. And if Watson stays, Allen Robinson stays. And I think that it's a good move. For it is not. But in my opinion, it is not in the Chicago Bears system to go and trade for a stud like Deshaun Watson. They will go yeah. with a more safe, underpaid person like Carson Wentz. Not mm-hmm. underpaid. He's a big, huge contract. But yeah. I just don't think... Yeah, I don't think they put off that move. So it's not characteristic of them. I believe that the 49ers can trade for them. Yeah, I think I the 49ers think can too. Sean Watson likes the per- likes the personnel there and likes the people around, and he think he thinks that he can bring the 49ers to the Super Bowl. And I also agree with Charlie on the Dolphins. Tua did not look too good this year, and I no. believe that could be a very uh, blockbuster trade for the NFL. Yeah. Moving on to playoff football. Bringing me to my number one option, the Miami Dolphins. With an organization like this, I think that they – I think that they're an organization to trade for Deshaun Watson, one, and two. I just think that – I think it's a perfect fit. Yeah. And moving on to the NFL playoffs, we have a game undergoing now. It is the Packers versus the Rams. Uh, Yeah. Uh, the one, number one offense and number one defense. Devontae Adams versus Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey. Uh, an MVP candidate and front runner in Aaron Rodgers and a defensive player of the year candidate in uh, Jalen Ramsey. The, 
Jalen Ramsey and also Aaron Donald. Yeah, and in my and I so far it's been a pretty decent matchup. Um, right now I is it still halftime? I'm not it sure. It is not halftime. It is not halftime. Nine, nine minutes left in third quarter. Twenty-five ten Green Bay with the ball. Yeah, so I we'll think, keep up the updates. Green right Bay. now, around that right now it's about it's twenty-five to ten Green Bay. Um, the the Packers still have the ball, so the Packers are running away with this game. Uh, I, 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 I still think we all thought the same thing. The Packers are just going to take this game and run with it. Yeah, and every yeah. single one of these divisional matchups is a must-watch game. Uh, you have yeah. the battle of the insurances, State Farm Progressive, <laughs> Browns, Chiefs, one team with so much to lose and one team with so much to gain. Yeah. And then other AFC championship, you have the 2018 draft, uh, draft game. With Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, two young, young superstars of this league. And then in the NFC, you have the more experienced route uh, with Breeze and Brady, the final matchup. Yeah. That's going to be – I think those all are just really fun games to watch. I'm really excited to um, watch the Ravens versus the Bills game. That's going to be really exciting to watch. Uh, Josh Allen been great this season. Um the Lamar Jackson, it's not a down year. It's just not a great year. Yeah, and I think he's overhated. The expectations were just way too high. And yeah, too for high sure. And he's been heating up, and I believe the Ravens will contest Josh Allen in that game. But yeah. also I want to bring to the point that the Rams are not looking good on all things. No, not at all. Because how they how they um how they beat the uh how they beat the Seahawks was by playing good on offense and using the receiver talent to their advantage. And Jared uh-huh. Goff took over with four fingers with uh and also Jalen Ramsey locked up DK Metcalf, which is one one of their only one their only um yeah receivers and. and- all right, you can go, Jeff. No, 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 I was letting you. All right, so for the divisional rounds, right, we're talking about all these good matchups and stuff. What I What is everyone's lock of the week and everyone's underdog of the week? I'm My lock of the week is that the – well, it's going – Um, I think it's going to be that the Buccaneers take down the Saints in a game where Drew Brees really can't lose, which he, I think he is going to. You can't – Buccaneers with a team, like an all-star team like this, you can't lose to a team in your division three times in a year. And I think with Tom, Tampa, Tampa Tom in the playoffs, too good. Mm-hmm. I think that he prevails and wins by seven. But my underdog of the week is that I think that the Cleveland Browns can beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Wow, I, totally I agree disagree. With that because I, I read disagree. something today on Twitter. That said, uh, teams that sit their starting QB, including the Steelers in the wild card round in week 17, are something like 1 and 7 or 1 and 6 or 1 and 8. But I in feel the like past 10 years in their first playoff round. That, that's just like a that's just like a like a chart. That doesn't really also, matter. Big Patrick Mahomes five is a interceptions. Different breed. Five interceptions. You don't yeah. get that from Big Ben. 
you don't hear that from Patrick Mahomes. But the thing is, you don't hear that from Patrick Mahomes. Exactly. Like, that's not going to happen. So, if I told you that Big Ben threw five interceptions against the Browns, you probably wouldn't believe it. Now, if I tell you that Patrick Mahomes is going to throw maybe three interceptions against the Browns, you wouldn't believe it. But it definitely is a possibility. It definitely is a possibility. But personally, that game, I think it's just Big Ben playing bad. I don't really think it was the Browns being locked down. But do you think that is a part of sitting in Week 17? Yeah, but also, what I'm thinking is that playoffs, it's four weeks of the top teams in the NFL. Any team that makes the playoffs can be hot at any time. And I think it's just about momentum in the playoffs. And the Uh momentum right now has got to go to the Browns. You've got to go to the Browns. Yeah, but the Chiefs are just too good. Like, I'm sorry, but no team in the NFL can beat the Chiefs on a, a series to seven if you're, like, playing in the basketball the playoffs. The offensive but. inconsistencies throughout the past weeks have been concerning, and their defense isn't all that good. If Baker Mayfield yeah. and the Browns can get off to a hot start, yeah, I think they like could close it out. Did last year. If they can hold on unlike they did, then I believe they have a shot. And, and I, I think the Browns only have a shot if Nick Chubb at, gets at least 120 rushing yards because that's one of their main sources of offense. And I guess Kareem Hunt also gets like, Yeah, and also they have such a good backfield that they just need to get up and run the ball because they're going to be unstoppable. Because mm-hmm. the Chiefs' defense doesn't have anything. To stop. Yeah, and also the Chiefs' passing game is so elite, as we saw in the Super Bowl and last year's divisional playoff. The Chiefs can come back from huge deficits so, so quickly. Mm-hmm. So, so, uh, so, talking about these divisional matchups, we're close to Super Bowl week, and you know what's after Super Bowl week? The NFL draft. The NFL draft. Yeah. And what is our mock draft? We can, us three, we can all decide. We can all put our picks in for each pick. We can go, we'll go 1 to 15. To 15. Can, can we do 10? How about, how about 12, 12? How about we do one player? or two players that you definitely are most confident are going to get drafted by a certain team other than Trevor Lawrence. So, with the first pick in the NFL draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. So, do you guys all agree? Uh, yeah, I think other yeah, than Trevor Lawrence. You, okay, so like, there's nobody. There's nothing else. The, the, the NFL should honestly just skip over the Jacksonville Jaguars pick. They should just do, like, Let well, they might Lawrence have out of it. Let no, Trevor Lawrence maybe, have maybe his the moment, Maybe the Texans make an offer for Deshaun Watson. You no, know? there's no way. You can't pass up on a sit- generational but, talent like Trevor Lawrence. I, I would take Deshaun Watson over Trevor Lawrence because he is not what? a generational talent. I mean, I think Deshaun played, Watson is a generational talent. played in that playoff game with a not very good Ohio State defense scares me. Yeah. Because uh, – he, he's gotten beaten up a lot. He's gotten a couple concussions. Everyone has a bad game, though. Yeah, Everyone has a bad game. A generational talent like that. that bad of a game. You can't have that bad of a game and that much of an important game. But I like, still look at Joe won. Burrow last year. I'd say this Oklahoma team is probably as good, if not better. Than yeah, and Ohio Joe Burrow, I, we don't even and, talk about Joe Burrow. Because in, in college, he had, like, at least 15 seconds per, per, per pass. No, more like five to ten, but he had lots of time. And then in the NFL, and in the NFL, the reality kicked in. He has about like two seconds to throw the ball. He's no, but I think Joe Burrow is going to be very good in the future because if they yeah, draft him, he played as best as he could.
in that trash Bengals mm-hmm. team. Yeah, hoping yeah. he gets back to normal so, from that terrible so ACL injury. Wrapping up the number one pick, the second pick in the NFL draft, the New York Jets select Kanai Sewell. Offensive oh, the oh, offensive I lineman? Think, I think you have to draft Justin Fields. Yeah, He's I think you have to. He's going to be the clear number two. I just think yeah. that the cap room that the Jets have, I think they have a great shot signing Chris Bodwin and Corey Davis. Those are two people that I think will go to the league. But they don't but, have a quarterback. But what QB? I think, yeah, I think that, honestly. They're going to throw they, Sam Darnold? They, say, they think Sam Darnold is not the real deal. I, think because they I don't either. He's not. And he still didn't just hear me out, Kim. Just hear me out. If you okay. new coach... He looks like a great fit for the New York Jets. Panay Sewell to uh, guard uh, Sam Darnold's blind side. Two elite receivers, or one elite receiver and one role play like role playing receiver. Well, uh, Jets, you've we've seen the Jets history. We've, we've seen, seen the Jets, Jets and the we've coaches seen... don't do anything. I'll be honest. One player, one coach. The the coach doesn't help. Usually, almost always, the coach. The coach is a restart button. That signing from the 49ers is a restart button. And I believe they will not keep uh, the same players on the field. So, they will probably trade Sam Darnold, I'd say, and draft Justin Fields. Just because of that coaching move. I believe that it is a complete restart button on the franchise. And they want to win soon. Okay. They want to end the tanking process. That is definitely... Probably the most likely idea, but aside for Justin Fields, I think that you go Sewell. But moving, but moving yeah. on from the Jets, the third pick in the NFL draft, the Miami Dolphins select Devonta, Devonta Smith. Smith. I don't want them to draft Devonta Smith because I want Devonta Smith, but the chances of him dropping to eleven are very low, especially with that performance, two hundred fifteen yards in the first half. Yeah, because he had an injury. This probably wouldn't have happened. But think about this. He keeps it up for the second 430 half. Yards. 430 yards. 430 yards. Yards. That's ridiculous. Oh, my God. So, that I think Dolphins have to take a generation. Like, I've been saying generational talent a lot, but a receiver like him, you just don't. You, it doesn't well, I believe you, you can't pass up on him. is better than any receiver in this class and means more to any team but, than any so, receiver in this class. That is, I think, so with the 14 year old draft, the Atlanta Falcons select Zach Wilson, quarterback at a BYU. Yeah, that is definitely the right pick. If he doesn't go to the Jets, Falcons are definitely going to take him. And I'll I be honest, I haven't him. watched much of Zach Wilson. I don't know much about him, but all I know is he's a great quarterback. He is and I want to move on to the 8 and the 9 pick. It is the uh, Panthers what? and the Falcons. <laughs> Just get it is the it, Panthers man. and the Broncos. I believe that the Panthers... Will take Trey Lance as their QB because they know that they know that the Broncos want him, and they know that Teddy Bridgewater is just not the answer. And he also uh, he also goes in with Joe Brady's uh, run and gun scheme. I yeah, I agree with that. And also at the nine pick, I think that after being like, I think the Broncos will be frustrated that they couldn't get Trey Lance, but I think that they're gonna tra- they're gonna take a huge gamble and go with Max Jones. No, no, no. I don't know about that one. For QBs, they do not reach for QBs. I, I also think that the Broncos will, will take Patrick Sertain one pick. Patrick Sertain, Cowboys. and so, so the Cowboys because I they need they need much much secondary help, and I believe that Patrick Sertain is just the reflection on defense of how they took Jerry Judy last yeah. year, and because the Broncos are that kind of team. 
he fits into the scheme nicely, and I believe as a Cowboys fan. Sorry, I'm, get, I'm getting FaceTime. It hurts right to now. say this, but we are not getting certain. So, Dylan, as a Cowboys fan, hear me out. With the 10th pick in the NFL draft, Dallas Cowboys select Caleb Farley. I would absolutely yeah. You would love, love that. that. I agree with that, yeah, too. He's or I would, I would, if I were the Cowboys and Sertain was taken, I would trade back with this with a team that needs a receiver, in hopes that they either draft Jamar Chase a face or call. Jalen Waddle. And steal the, and steal but so, so, with the eleventh pick in the NFL draft, the New York Giants select Jalen Waddle, wide receiver out of Alabama University. I think that this, yeah. I think that this is a great pick for the organization, especially that mm. they, the last time. The Giants drafted receiver top 20. Guess who it was? Man, Odell Beckham Jr. And I'm not saying that uh, what's his name is Waddle's as good as, like, as, good as Beckham Odell. was on the Giants. Yeah. But I'm saying that Waddle is a type of guy that Giants, oh, I have a great chance at signing Kenny Galladay. Yeah. Almost every single Web, every website, single website saying it. Yeah. Every, every A lot of people are saying it. And I think that Waddle at the two – Daniel Jones, we really haven't seen him with anything to work yeah, with in and, his career. Yeah. Saquon, Saquon's been he has a Pro Bowl tight end, uh, a arguably he shouldn't be Pro back. Bowl tight end. A guy who drops but everything. Still. But Dylan, hear Dylan, hear me out. And also a pretty solid. No, receiver. Dylan, hear me out. No, hear me out. Daniel Jones, I don't think is the long. Dylan, hear me out, sir. Hear me out for this franchise. But I also think. That the Cowboys will not make an Odell Beckham mistake again. If Patrick Sertain leaves the board, they will definitely trade back and make sure that the Giants don't get a receiver that they hear, want. Hear me out. The New York Giants are an organization that will, in free agency, make some moves. And if we if we just need some average offensive lineman to protect Daniel Jones, yeah. if we get two one to two decent guys in free agency, I think we sign dangerous. we sign Galladay, draft draft Waddle, that's four more keys to success for Daniel Jones. With Barkley back, Barkley yeah, but- really has Barkley's hardly played with Daniel Jones in his career. Barkley was hurt last season for four or five games. This season he was hurt for 14 games. If Daniel Jones has played, well, he played 12 games last year, uh, like he missed the two, so 14 this year. He's played 26 games. If he and like and nothing to work with, you really can't like you can't be that harsh on him yet mm-hmm. because you haven't seen him work with anything. Like Dylan, I'm comparing him. I'm saying Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott in his rookie year was brought in with a with a fully healthy running back, a top a top five receiving core. And no, 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 no. 2016, they had no receiving and the core best and offensive line that. in the league. Yeah. So I'm not saying that Daniel Jones is as good as Dak Prescott, but I'm saying Daniel Jones with weapons to work with, will be a quarterback that people won't pe- that people won't be saying, "Oh, this guy sucks." This I know, guy- but thi- but this is but this is the problem. Dave Gettleman isn't sure about Daniel Jones I- as a long term quarterback. Ever since 2016, Jerry Jones knows Dak is the guy, so he's done everything in his power yeah. to build a team around him. Dave Gettleman, he's he's reluctant to do that because he doesn't know. That Daniel Jones is the answer. Yeah. To this franchise. Okay. Wrapping up the okay. NFL. So wrapping oh, up wow. the out NFL, the bringing it to the NBA. 
The NBA has so first, much to talk about. The James Harden trade. Thing. So I think the Rockets won this trade, but the Nets, they could win this trade. For me, it's championship or bust. If they don't win the championship um, in a little bit, then I think this is a bust of a trade. Um, James Harden, because they gave up and- like seven picks, and I think that's ridiculous. Um, they gave up the same amount of picks for Paul George, and you saw how that worked out. The Thunder have so many picks, and now the Rockets will have so many picks. And and I think they could win the championship, as we saw James Harden starting his first game tonight. First thing is, I want to talk about, I'm a Rockets fan, so I have a lot to say mm-hmm. about this trade. First thing is, the Nets don't have a the Nets don't have a draft pick until us three college. Are yeah, that's in college. that's insane. college twenty twenty eight. We will be in college before the Nets have a first round draft pick, and that is a crazy stat. Because as a Rockets fan, I am more than glad. And I'm sure you're glad with Victor Oladipo as him being an All Star level player, playing at a twenty point. To 20 point per game score, great facilitator, and no ego. He does not have a big ego at all, so that would yes. fit in the Christmas. Yeah, and, only- and I am just noticing uh, this James Harden trend. He was drafted by the Thunder, and they traded him to the Rockets, and the Rockets traded him to the Nets. And now both the Rockets and the OKC Thunder have many, many draft picks in the future. It seems like James Harden is the grim reaper mm-hmm. of giving up draft picks. Do you think this is a trend or just simply a coincidence? I think this is a coincidence well, James- just because the Rockets I think the-, the Rockets didn't give up that much for James Harden because for the Rockets didn't give up that much for James Harden when they traded him to OKC because at the time, I mean, James Harden is the best shooting guard in the NBA, and at the time he was oh. he was he was not. As yeah, good but, as he is today, if you, he didn't give as much, he we didn't give as much. Right, yeah, but I don't, I don't think it's a coincidence. I, I just think James Harden is in, is probably right now the best scorer in the NBA and the best scorer ever. But that's what happens. Like you give up draft picks for those talents. Like even Paul George is a great talent. You give up so many draft picks for him just to acquire him for a couple mm-hmm. of years and. That's what happens with stars. Draft picks are super valuable, and so are star players. Because draft picks aren't guaranteed um, star players, and star players are guaranteed star players. Yeah, well, also, the the Nets are a bit of a problem. James Harden's putting on more weight. It looks like he's losing touch uh, with basketball right now. And the same is happening for Kyrie Irving. He hasn't been playing. Some protocols... There's something up with him. And There's Katie, always something uh, up with Kyrie. I'll be honest. He's, he's been hurt last year. And he's no, Katie is super fine. How he's been fine. You... What, what, is, what, what, is what is the franchise and future of this Nets team? I, I, think, Dude, that it's, have I think that it's championship or bust. Just like Charlie said. Charlie 100% agree about that. But uh, so I think that the franchise, if they don't want a championship this year, then they that the trade is yeah, a huge because- bust. And also with draft picks and stuff, like the Houston Rockets, with like the high uh, the high school the high school college or no, the the high school college level today is better than it ever was. So with all these draft picks coming in and all and the high school. Going into uh, going into the NBA draft in the next three four years, 
I think mm-hmm. that the Rockets have like so many weapons. Like they they're gonna have so many weapons in five seven years just because of all these draft picks of all these stud players that are coming from the elite level of uh that are coming from the elite level of college and uh, high school. All right. Um. One more thing. Uh. Karis Levert. He just got. I think. I think he got with a little injury, and he'll be out for like a week or two or a couple. So the Pacers are really down bad. I'll be honest. Um. Karis Levert was their own. Yeah. They they just need people. And to fill also, out that the Nets gave up so much depth. Like they gave up Jared Allen, Karis Levert, like Spencer Dinwiddie's out with a partially torn ACL. Like they have no depth. So it's like. And they have to save up their guys for the playoffs and conserve them like the Lakers are doing right now with Anthony Davis and LeBron. Yeah, and we talked we talked about uh, in the first episode of our podcast how the NBA was very nicely spread out and how every team had a chance to win uh, that and was competitive. But now with the James Harden trade, it's starting to slim out. It's looking like the Nets and the Lakers are going to be the two in the NBA well, finals. Well, what people lot. don't take like the depth I think the Lakers will easily could win a series of seven because of their depth if if Montrez Harrell could I know he's a bench player but if he wasn't used to coming off the bench he could be a starter for almost I mean, any team in the NBA without a star power forward but they they just have everybody who could score um now moving on we're moving on to our hottest takes and so, I'll go first I'll go first Actually, you know what? No, Dylan, you could go first. Okay, so my hottest take will be that either the Nets or the Lakers. Dylan, you kind of glitched out. Yeah, you cut out again? for me, too. Okay. Can you say it again? So I believe that one of the two teams that are projected to go to the NBA Finals from the East and the West, uh, that is, of course, the Nets and the Lakers will not make it to the NBA Finals. I believe a team like the Heat last year will upset them. Really? Yeah. Because, and again, I know I'm saying this a lot, but depth is so important. And if you just have a consistent roster, like the Nets are high and low. It's it's high James Harden, high Kyrie, high Kevin Durant, then low bench, low um, bench, like low rest of the starting spots. And that's just so important when it comes to NBA because you play so many games. You're playing 72, which is a little shorter, but still so long. And it's how the whole yeah. playoff. And it reminds me a lot of baseball. You play 162 games and you want to win every single one of them, even though you know you're not. And you just get so weird out every day coming to the field. I feel like basketball is that same mentality. Mm-hmm. Especially because yeah. basketball, you're running up and, floor, uh-huh. uh, up and down the floor every time, every night. Sorry. Charlie, what is your hot take? Um. Oh, let me think. Um. So my hot take is Colin Sexton will win Most Improved Player, and I know Jack has a case for this where Christian Wood wins it, but Colin Sexton comes out averaging 26, 20, 27 points. I think I think about six or seven assists and like five rebounds. That is monstrous and you know his defense is always great and he's improved so much like at the end of last season the last couple games before the bubble he was putting on a show and putting on a show again 
um, this season so far. And I don't know whether this will keep up. I think it will. He's playing pretty consistently. He's scoring throughout the flow of the offense, and I think he'll win the most improved player. Okay, so my hottest take is that Devonta Smith will have the most successful career out of any player in the NFL draft this year because Devonta Smith is such has so much potential and t- Devonta Smith's the type of guy to like play for any team and, and still ball. be dominant. Like he's like almost like yeah, because it's like in basketball, he's a three-level scorer. He could get the ball out of the backfield if he's, like, curling out of the backfield or curling out from the wide receiver on a screen. He could go deep. He could. He's a great route runner. He's everything you need. Um, He's just not that type of DK Metcalf guy. He's actually very he's like He's like, but, he's like if you were going to make a receiver, he's basically like a receiver you would customize to be the best possible receiver to make. Yeah, it's like Smith- 99 speed, 99 agility, and he has all of those, and I think he will be really accessible, really shifty, really smart, and really hard. Oh, yeah, talking so. about the NFL, another update. The fourth quarter has just begun in Green Bay. Packers up 25-18 to 18 on the on Wow, the it got close. As they are uh, driving with the ball at midfield. Whoa, they're creeping back, and... I think that's big. Um, it seemed as though the Packers really slowed down, and I think that's because of Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey, he's a lock of corner, and there's no doubt about that. There's been stats. It's like, first, the best receivers in the league, they're getting like 40 yards, four catches, four catches, like 10 yards. And yeah. it shows. You so know, he's we that good of a ask corner. you guys a question, uh, switching back to the NBA. How many points do you think James Harden is going to end up end up with uh, under the books with his first game in Brooklyn? I think that he will end up as right now. He only has uh, he wait, how much? He only has two point six points right now. As it, there's three minutes left in the first half, I think that he will uh, bounce back second half, and I think that he will score 20 points. This game. I think he will score 18 points because six points now, I just think a lot of threes are coming, but he won't be that. I think he's still fitting in, so I, I don't think he'll go off for like a 30-point half. I think he'll still share the ball with KD and all these guys. But another thing is the Nets – have a lot of no-name players on the court. And that's because of their depth, again. And one last thing I want to point out before we wrap up this podcast. Who do you guys, the listeners, think that – who do you guys think that is going to win the Super Bowl? Uh, DM us, text us, comment, anything. Comment on yeah. Instagram, and that TikTok, goes for whatever. every question that we ask. And if anything you guys want us to answer or talk about, just reach reach out to us and we will answer in our next podcast. And the winner will get a shout out in their own segment again for the correct Super Bowl. Whoever DMs us first, if there's a tiebreaker, whoever DMs us first with their Super Bowl prediction and winner, they will get a shout out and their own segment. And there's one thing in our uh, two podcasts ago. Um, the winner of that, we forgot to do the segment, and I just remembered, at Ben Shamush, Ben Shamash at Instagram, but what he wanted us to do was list the top five rookies, and that's a fun one. Um, let's all do, let's all do our top five. Charlie, you go first. 
this might be a little biased, but I like Justin Jefferson, so I'm going with him at number one. I'm going with... Ooh, I'm going with Chase Young at number two. I'm going with Justin Herbert at number three. I'm going with... Uh, what's his name? The r- r- running back for the uh, Jaguars. James Robinson. James Robinson at number four. And... Oh, wow. That's tough. Let's, um, Burrow? No, I, I didn't, I didn't like, he got hurt, so. Ah, uh, ooh, wow. Uh, yeah, I can't really. <laughs> um, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm just going to wrap mine up. Who the standout rookies are, but my list uh, consists of number one, I believe it is Justin Herbert. A very close second is Chase Young. Number three is Justin Jefferson. I believe he lit it up. Number four is CeeDee Lamb. I believe he had a very good year under Dak and still under mediocre Andy Dalton, who didn't play very, very well. And I think number five has to be James Robinson, rushed for uh, 1K yards as an undrafted rookie. That is very, very good. Yeah. And for my top five wrapping up the end of this podcast, my number one Justin Jefferson. Number two, Chase Young. Number three, Justin Herbert. Okay. Number four, Tristan Wirth. <laughs> Andrew Thomas. And yeah, number you don't five, Thomas. James Robinson. Because huh? why Tristan Wirth is at four? It's just because he, like, for a tackle as a rookie, he was just so efficient and so good for, like, a, he put up the, like, I think he only allowed, like, what, like and, five and he locked up year. Young in that wild card game. Yeah, and especially, be, especially this. Especially because, and if, like, you're facing grown men versus kids, he transitioned perfectly <laughs> from Iowa to the NFL. He was going, like, he... Donald once, and he, I think he let him left him like one or let one sacker. I don't even know if any sacks. I just think that Tristan Wirfs like just performed so well this season, and yeah, that's that's gonna wrap but, up our podcast. Oh, uh, we're gonna be doing in our next podcast. There's new things coming up, like new features we're gonna do to make the podcast a little like more spicy. Uh, but thanks for listening to our podcast. More podcasts coming soon. That's wrapping up episode so, four. Peace. Thank you guys. Bye.